0: How is
1: everyone doing today? I hope you're having a great day. You're listening to seven jars of hot pickled peppers, a podcast about discovering your strength, resilience, acceptance, perhaps even finding your new path after a stroke or life-altering event. I'm Christine, your host and a stroke survivor. It took me a while to accept the new me after my stroke and my goal is to help others on their journey along with the whole Seven Jars team. Why the name? The new me absolutely loves hot pickled peppers. Well, let's get to it.
2: Welcome to the podcast of Seven Jars of Hot Pickled Peppers, Season 2, Episode 8, Sing Abel. The information and advice provided by 7 Jars of Hot Pickled Peppers, Ken and Christine Jackson, the speakers and commentators on their podcasts, interviews and references in the book, are not a substitute for the advice and treatment plan provided by your own healthcare professional. Further, it's not intended to be an adjunct to any existing or proposed advice or treatment plan you may currently be receiving from your healthcare professional. One of the most important things that we've come to realize is that each individual and their family's journey through a stroke or a major life event is that its recovery is truly unique. The story and information provided by ourselves and our guests is solely intended to let you and your family know that one, you're not alone other people and families have gone through or are going through similar experiences. Two, there are resources available that you may not be aware of that may help you and your family through the stroke recovery process. And three, there may be other treatment options available. Again, please consult your healthcare professional regarding any treatment plan and do not follow the treatment plans that are Discussed in the information we have provided as it is solely intended and directed for Christine and her continuing care. Thank you. You can join the conversation on YouTube and Facebook at Seven Jars of Hot Pickled Peppers for our video version of the podcast. You can check out our website at Seven Jars of Hot Pickled Peppers.com. Or you can download our podcasts on itunes or podbean and of course you can follow us on twitter at seven jars now it's time for quote of the cast after silence that which comes closest to expressing the inexpressible is music aldous huxley
1: Ah, music. Singing. It's such a big part of life. When my children were little, I would often sing them bedtime songs. As a family, we sing Christmas carols, and for fun, sometimes we have karaoke nights. After my stroke, singing was more challenging for me. I used to sing a song in our band and did lots of backups. I don't sing my song anymore, and my backups are hit and miss. I read that often people with left side strokes who have difficulty speaking can often sing. Maybe since my stroke's on the right side, I can talk, but find it tricky to sing? For me, I think it is the concentration of doing more than one thing at a time, as I'm also playing my bass. But what are the benefits of singing? Can singing be a kind of therapy?
2: On today's episode, we have two guests, both doctors and professors of music at the University of Alberta, Augustana campus. We'd like to welcome Dr. Roger Admiral and Dr. Ardell Reese. Today's podcast is on location at the University of Alberta, Augustana campus in Camrose and the music that we're currently hearing is from the Sing Able Choir.
1: you so much for joining us today, Ardell and Roger, who, as you heard in the introductions, are extremely talented and experienced musicians, teachers, professors, and so much more. So first, if you could tell us a little bit about yourselves, Ardell?
3: Well, I was born on the Alberta prairies, just nice. an hour and a half from Camrose and a Uh, on a farm uh, just uh, an hour and a half away from here. Uh, The town is called Castor that the farm is close to. And um, I was born into a family where my mother played in a dance band. And um, so we just had music in the house all the time. Nice. And uh, uh, we did not have a music teacher in our school system. We had um, a convent where a little old... None would teach <laughs> piano lessons to the local local children. And um, so I, I took piano lessons for years and, and sang as well. Singing is my first love. And, and uh, when I was a wee child, I would go out with my dad and he would put me in the in the um, feeder of the feedlot where the cattle were, and I would sing oh, sing for goodness. him, um, <laughs> sing for the cows, I should say. And uh, so uh, from there, I just uh, kept on with music and um, uh, went to university in Edmonton and did a Bachelor of Music in piano performance. Oh, okay. And while I was in the middle of that, I realized that my first love was singing, and so I finished my piano degree and decided that I would just focus on choral singing. And then I thought, well, I need to have a little... Uh, a little stability in my life, so I did an education degree and realized that I loved conducting children Ah. uh, initially, and uh, then as I Kept on through my career, I um, I realized that I was just working with older and older children that would perhaps mirror the ages of my own children. Oh, okay. So then I started uh, conducting adults, and I I, um, I lived in Europe for four years and studied uh, music and taught music there as well in Hungary. Oh, really. And uh, this was where I came in across the Kodai approach to music education. Oh, okay. Uh, came back and did a graduate degree in uh, Edmonton. That's where I met Roger. Huh. And uh, uh, then after I finished my doctorate in choral conducting, um, then I found myself in Camrose. And so now you're
1: so. professor at the university here. That's right. Yeah, awesome. that's right. Awesome. Since
3: 2004.
1: Fascinating yeah. life. Thank you. So now, Roger, would you mind telling us a little bit about yourself?
0: Yeah, sure. Yeah, I, I'm, I was born in Ontario, and um, I... My, my parents were uh, Dutch immigrants, and mm-hmm. and my I have a fraternal twin. Oh. And my mother wondered uh, if there was any musical talent in the family because a lot of her siblings and, and aunts and uncles played music, uh, but there was no money for formal lessons. Mm. So no. uh, whatever abilities that were there were enjoyed but uh no one ever went on to become professional so she was curious about that and mm-hmm. and uh so just asked if we were interested and our friends were doing it so okay. it just started it like that oh. but i took to it uh quite uh, easily uh, mm-hmm. i i think and and uh, always enjoyed it right from the beginning and um since i was probably 12 uh, uh I just knew that this is what I wanted to do I didn't know what that would mean right but I knew right away um, that I went to I had I had a good teacher and I went to university in in London Ontario and then decided uh, well I wanted to just keep studying right and I applied to come to Edmonton I had no grand plan at all and (laughs) I Uh, knew next to nothing about Edmonton. Someone just said, Oh, there's a university there. And then no. that, was the, that was all the, that was the reason I applied. Um, and then I uh, um, was accepted and realized, Oh my goodness, it's as far north as, as James Bay. Yeah. Which, when you <laughs> yeah. live in southern <laughs> Ontario, which is south of the American border, oh. you realize uh, uh, far north. But anyway, the weather was fine and <laughs> I enjoyed the colds, no problem. but... Oh, uh, but you. that that was <laughs> so that was great to come to Edmonton and 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 Alberta and it was a different. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it's still Canada, but it's a different mm-hmm. place, different oh, yeah. region, and and so I enjoy that. And I've always enjoyed music and, and in making music with other people. I've always uh, enjoyed that because you know practicing is a very solitary thing. So mm-hmm. I've always enjoyed that, and uh, but also just creating something on my own as a soloist right. and. And so I, I still today uh, <coughs> get joy, a lot of joy, out of music making for right. other people or just playing for myself. And uh, right. s- and so I'm thrilled that uh, I- as a teacher I can uh, work in music, as a performer I can and work in music. So, uh, uh, right. so I, I I feel lucky. So.
1: And piano is your main I'm a, instrument. I'm a pianist. Yes, right. I'm
0: a pianist, and and uh, so that is also. A useful instrument for oh, working with other people, so yeah, much. because it's you can hear all. The, it's not just a single mm. line of music; you can hear all the harmonies of, of, oh. of the music. So, yeah. so yeah, I play the piano and and um, I play m- m- s- classical styles from many time periods, but I also like to play a lot of contemporary music uh. and avant-garde music as well. So.
1: Fantastic! So you both teach here at the university, and. I believe you both still perform regularly as well, don't you?
3: Well, for me, uh, in well, when I, I'll back up a little bit. Okay. When I I uh, lived in Edmonton, I uh, specialized uh, in children's choir. Uh, uh, Settings and so we would do lots of performance with the children's choir, but also as a singer, I would sing with the professional choir in Edmonton, oh. and um, that was really something that um, uh, fed my soul in a big mm. way. Um, that was kind of a aspiration for me was to I, I just thought would be the, the most heavenly job would yeah. be to sing uh, every day in a choir mm. and make your living with that. And, and mm-hmm. at the time when I was um, in, in my 20s and 30s, that was kind of professional choirs around the world were kind of, you know, gaining traction, and we, right. we developed one in Edmonton. So that was where um, I, I did a lot of performing, and I did a little bit of solo performing. I did a master's in vocal performance as oh, well okay. as as conducting. Um, and so then when I started conducting more, then I was singing a little bit less in terms of my solo singing. When I first got here to Camrose, um, Roger and I did a few solo i, I did a, a couple of solo concerts with roger i i did some in hungary when i lived there right. um but but now uh, or actually i should say since 2013 i was uh overcome with a severe arthritis condition oh. and um a lot of severe inflammation and in all throughout my body and so oh. i i had to stop conducting and so that would be now five years ago because right. I, I, I've been you know as you know I conducted the Augustana Choir for right. 10 years and then this happened and so oh. so suddenly um, that performance aspect right. was was removed from my life and so I went through a couple of really rough years I where bet. I wasn't um, able to really engage in a performance element mm-hmm. and so now I still don't perform an official capacity, right. I, I I would if you want to call it that. If, if we're making music in a seniors' home mm. or or if uh, I'm with our family, uh, but I I haven't engaged as a as a you know solo performer for a number of years. Right. But but now I'm kind of getting back into conducting with Sing Able. and that's right. been really really a nice thing for me. But
1: well, thank you for sharing that, mm-hmm. and it just shows everyone is on some sort of journey mm-hmm. and. You're finding the opportunities from your challenge. So thank you for sharing that. So, Roger, are you still performing at all?
0: I still mm-hmm. do some performing. Um, I do some locally. Uh, I I play piano with with SingAble and mm-hmm. sometimes sing with them. And uh, I also um, play for students at the university, okay. uh, voice students in particular. Yes. And <laughs> then I'll also... Um, I'll play s- solo concerts in a professional setting, or, or I'll play with an ensemble uh, that's conducted, maybe mixed instruments, strings right. and winds and percussion. So uh, put put together, yeah, I have a do I do a variety of performances throughout the year,
1: for sure. And I've had the pleasure of being able to hear you many times. It's been wonderful. So you've both mentioned sing. Able, so tell mm-hmm. us about your program. Sing able, not singable, but That's sing right. able. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get that right. Sing exactly. <laughs> able. Exactly.
3: Well, it's got an, a very interesting sort of history that just kind of evolved in a very—I I would actually have to say—kind of miraculous sort of way. Oh, okay. I, uh, with with this illness that I had, mm-hmm. it was a real mind bender as you know and suddenly the things that you assume that you can do Mm -hmm. you can't and and so i really began to think a lot about what it's like to live with a disability right and so that was kind of i guess the first genesis of SingAble is just that kind of awareness and thinking about music in relation to having a disability. Mm -hmm. And then at the same time, a very, uh, a very fine colleague of mine in Ontario um, that, that I was getting, I was doing some other research projects on in a whole other area. She started a choir in, in London, Ontario, that is for uh, individuals with dementia
1: okay
3: uh, and it was in collaboration with the Alzheimer's Society of Ontario uh-huh. and and I thought oh this is really amazing mm-hmm. and and also I wanted my students to find out about this kind of work as mm-hmm. well and then I became more involved with it and and so I was out in Ontario a few times and I was watching this choir observing mm-hmm. and and then also so that was the next little step and I, cause I was I thought this might be something that could happen in cameras right. Um But then then also I was re-imagining myself as a professional because I was no longer conducting the Augustana Choir. I was Mm no longer conducting our men's choir. I wasn't conducting at all. And I thought, well, who am I as a musician? And and I just thought, well, the thing that I know I can do in the 30 years that I've been conducting choirs of Mm -hmm. some sort, be they children or adults of all ages, um, I know that my singers always came out loving to sing and that was Mm. the most important thing for me it wasn't do we have the most in-tune perfect fifth it's more do we actually have singers who leave my choirs and will continue to sing again and so that made more sense to me and I thought well if I I know that I can make people enjoy and feel good about singing and I I taught voice for a number of years as well and 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 just engaging with the voice is something that I know that I love to do Mm. and and so those that was three things that I was kind of reimagining my my professional world and then uh, it would have been in the what year was it it's 2018 right now I think it was 2017 in May I got a telephone call from uh, a man who had just retired from my newspaper his name is Dan Jensen and he um, he's been very involved with a support organization in Camrose called the Camrose Association for Community Living. And so he called our our main office here, and he said, I, I would really like to know if Augustana would be interested to collaborate in having some kind of choir with the clients from this support orga- organization for right. individuals with disability. So the secretary, uh, she passed his call on to me, and it was sort of... Um, a good uh, a good uh, case of synchronicity because I had sort of been mm-hmm. thinking about it I was going on sabbatical that following year but I thought well this is some uh, place that I'd like to start researching right. more so we chatted and I said well I need to get through one big project and then I'm on sabbatical and during that year that's when I'll kind of put things in a row to see if we can make this happen and so those sort of and so it was interesting because he'd been thinking about it I'd been sort of thinking about it and then it just kind of came together and uh, so um, it's uh, been really kind of amazing Uh, we'll talk about a few more things later with it but that's kind of how it how it came about
1: sounds amazing and I'm always um, as I said earlier we've our challenges create opportunities, which mm-hmm. this has done. Yeah. Um, I had done a bit of reading to prepare for this. And in one article, you were quoted as saying, singing is my life. Mm-hmm. I'm on a mission to bring singing to the masses. Mm-hmm. Is that uh, part of your idea of mm-hmm. singable? able?
3: Yeah, absolutely. Oh, that's uh, wonderful. One uh, thing. I, I don't know what you'd call it, I guess maybe a practice right now that is take, is gaining traction around the world is uh, the notion of um, intergenerational ensembles, multi-generational ensembles, and inclusion ensembles, oh, right? Okay. And... and the whole multi-generational aspect really speaks to me. And I realize that's from my family background and that mm. we have a very close uh, extended family and we'd always spent a lot of time with grandparents and cousins and, and uh kind of distant relatives, and every time we'd get together, we'd be singing, and there would be babies, and there'd be ah. children, and there'd be um, youth and, and middle age, and elderly that were all would always be singing together. And um, in Ontario, where this uh, dementia choir is, it's an mm-hmm. intergenerational choir where there's two okay. generations together. So there's a high school choir that goes and sings along with the dementia uh, patients right. and some other members of the community. And so when I observed that, I thought, oh, that's really cool, mm-hmm. but then I thought that I would like to see a multi-generational choir that's uh, not just two because in some ways that's how we used to make music in that families uh-huh. would always the 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 wee ones would learn the songs of their elders exactly. and we're also getting at a, a point in society too where everyone has their own pod yes. their own uh, iPod iPod uh, or the playlist. Yeah. The, and, and so We we need to think about trying to get a common body of repertoire Mm -hmm. that we share and across generations. And so, so that was uh, that notion about my love to sing and, and knowing how wonderful it feels to see someone walk away feeling good about singing because we Mm -hmm. we all have we can say that we can have a d- dysfunctional relationship with our voice because we are very highly critical of the, every sound that <laughs> yes. we make and And we can get very nervous about mm-hmm. how we speak or how we sing, especially. Right. And if someone says something to us about our voice that might hint on the negative, chances are that we will never sing again. and You're And right. there's a lot of research yeah. uh, with with uh, you know with people who actually they can sing, but they just say, no, I, mm. I uh, I really can't. I just play the radio, you know, and yeah. and I, so I want really I want people to discover that they are able to sing, and and Let's sing able, and it's part of our humanity to you right. know the way that we can communicate with our voices is mm-hmm. huge, and and the singing aspect of it is is also a very mir- miraculous and unique quality um, for the organisms on our planet.
0: So
1: well, as you said, it's a way to bring. People together and which mm-hmm. is what you're doing with mm-hmm. your program so do you two run the program together
0: it, uh, it's, it's basically Ardell's pro she's she does all the the directing the, the leadership uh, okay. you know, the, c- the conceptualizing of what it's about and and uh, so I I'm I'm coming in to just offer some instrumental support right? some the, very good instrumental the, through support. the piano oh, sure. and the drum <laughs> and sometimes I'm doing some singing Oh, okay. As well, yeah. Nice. So, I consider myself uh, to be an, an just another member of the choir, but I happen right. to do just it's just a lot of instrumental <laughs> playing. But it is Ar- Ardell's uh, concept, and she's oh, the okay. one doing the encouraging of, of the singing and making people feel healthy singing and mm-hmm. and um, in, in, like I say, encouraging them. Um, as a group, having everyone involved, you know, so everyone yeah. feels to be part of it uh, every time we have a rehearsal.
1: So. Oh, it's wonderful. And mm-hmm. with that accompaniment, with mm-hmm. the musical accompaniment, it just helps everyone to keep it flowing along mm-hmm. and fill in. So great. So thank you for how you share your responsibilities with that. How many participants do you think you have
3: right now? Well, when we first thought about this group, and as I had, you know, done some research with other, with these groups out in Ontario and looked, you know, in yeah. Edmonton, there's a similar, similar group uh, that, that uh, yeah. involves individuals with disability. I thought maybe if we had 30, uh-huh. 30 singers, and also my, my concept was that we would not only have the individuals with the, uh, disability, but we would also have this side of it that is inclusion or integration where we'd mm. involve members of the community and so basically oh. it's a choir that's open to anybody and everybody uh, no matter what age or stage of life no matter what ability or, or a disability so over the summer we started to advertise the mm-hmm. choir in the newspaper and their gate there seemed to be quite a lot of interest in the community and, and, you know, good support with our with our with publicity with the mm-hmm. the media here. And so we had in the summer, I think in August, we had three people called to say they were registering for the choir and, and we thought, Oh, maybe it's gonna be kind of small and but then it started we got, got a few more and so then by mm-hmm. the time we got to October second, which was our first rehearsal, um, we had a hundred people. Holy yeah. Over, yeah. actually <laughs> there were over a hundred people. Um, which numbers. was which was kind yeah. of um, mind-blowing in lots it of is. ways but but also i guess it, it spoke to the need mm-hmm. that uh people would really be interested to have this kind of uh opportunity to just feel free in their vocalizations but also for the community members who do not belong to the cameras association i think for them it's very much a kind of a, a, a feeling of service that they want to support mm. um uh, a certain uh a segment of our population who needs who needs um to be to be lauded and applauded and and mm-hmm. uh, encouraged right and so so um that's that's our membership and and it's it's i wouldn't say our we, we are not so strict with our attendance okay. uh requirements and so because we often we have to take into account illness and mm-hmm. you know just how you know how are people feeling and and so um we every week we always have probably we have a few new people, and we've been going now for eight weeks. Um, so there's a few new people, and then there's some people who aren't there, and then some people that just appear. At uh. When we were at the at the performance last Saturday, uh, we there was a couple of people that we saw at the first rehearsal, and then they showed up at the oh, at the really? performance. <laughs> So it was wonderful, you know, because they just felt yeah. comfortable to come, mm-hmm. and uh, so that's right. It's that's right. it's far larger than we anticipated, and so we had to really rethink. Uh, a certain approach I mean I can't I have to use a microphone right now and, and so that to some degree puts a bit of a barrier up because mm-hmm. you really want to be close and immediate with ev- with yeah. everyone right. but so and so we've had to change but at the same time I think people are still feeling welcome despite the fact that we're so large mm-hmm. um but uh the more the merrier so well, we're very it, grateful for that oh,
1: it's wonderful and it shows the need and
3: mm-hmm.
1: I mean your passion for this comes through and that probably draws people in as well mm. and it is such a welcoming, inclusive environment for mm-hmm. whether you do have a challenge in your life or not. It's something to belong to. So you're mm-hmm. providing that yeah. very yeah. necessary that's right. niche. You feel welcome, yeah. You, yeah, feel, that's right. you feel right.
0: you feel you in, feel in good hands with Ardell and and y- mm-hmm. you feel safe and and free and comfortable to, to, to just sing, where you may not have that feeling in another yeah. Choir or another situation, yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. Well, you're able as a group to create something beautiful, mm-hmm. yeah, which is pretty special. Yes. Yes. Pretty special. So, I think um, this next question, you've already answered it, but you don't have any criteria or checklist or anything for people to join.
3: No. Nope. No. Just, just come <laughs> if they feel they're they're able and and they want. Um, I'll, I'll, in order to join, they they just need to. Um, uh, call the Cameras Association and oh, okay. just be put on the list. Uh, the choir is free. Oh, nice! Uh, we had uh, a, quite a lot of success with the Music Educators Symposium that was hosted at Augustana, and so we have um, a fund that is kind of a legacy fund that which is oh, okay. is helping to support Singable. And f- so mm. for this this inaugural year, we wanted to make it absolutely accessible for everyone, no matter what socio mm. socioeconomic background right. and so it so it's a free program as well oh, um, fantastic. so they uh, what we we make sure that for some individuals who will need a, a particular support that they make sure to bring their their um, their partner with them to help right. out in rehearsal okay. um, but uh, you know everyone everyone is uh, is is welcome
1: That's fantastic. And you've touched on this already, and I noticed it when I was able to watch the choir. So do you make modifications to help match with people's abilities?
3: Yes, yes. And in terms of the repertoire that we choose, I always make sure that we have repertoire where there's a a melody that is familiar. So Mm. it might be a folk song. It might be uh, a song from, I don't know, camp from well right now we're into Christmas carols right. uh, a popular song from whatever era from all okay. eras just making sure that we have that melody that's always going through that would be a familiar mm. to them and then right. what we can do with others say some of the research assistants that are working with me are the wonderful volunteers
0: right.
3: that um, our music students here that then they can layer uh, harmonies over top right. and then Roger can also add some interesting accompaniment mm-hmm. and uh, so we uh, that's the way that we can make modifications in terms of musical capacity we have a number of individuals who are non-verbal and so for for them uh, they are free to do whatever kind of musical expression that they would like to show Uh, with their physically and um any kind of vocalization is more than welcome and uh, so so i think that makes for a really comfortable situation Mm -hmm. for for everyone uh that they feel free and uh and then i think that probably sums up the modification
1: so um, do you think any of your participants use your program as a type of therapy or see it as a therapeutic benefit
3: i oh i I think so. Um, I know that there's one man who has a who's had who had an injury as a child, mm-hmm. and so his His ability to speak is slightly impaired um, Because he had vocal fold really severe vocal fold damage and and so I think he's trying this out to see how things. He, he's never had, from what I understand, he's never had speech therapy, oh, okay. and so he's he, he's tr- he's singing, and it's and I I was saying to Roger last night that I wondered if it was my imagination, but I I do think that I'm hearing a difference in the way that he really? he is speaking after these after these um, after these eight eight weeks. I am not a trained music therapist, and oh, okay. so in in many ways this is all a. Um, I don't know if one wants to say an experiment, but it is sort of a w- way to explore mm-hmm. um, what what can happen wi- with, with people right. uh, when, when music is happening. But I guess one could call it a form of music therapy, mm-hmm. um, but it's not um, technically that. It's just more of a time to... Uh, experiment I suppose and right. see what kind of benefits would would result. Um, mm-hmm. but I suppose in terms of, of of therapy there's also I guess one could call it a bit of a social social therapy where we where we are exploring relationship as as well.
1: Well and for sure and therapy can take so many forms. We mm-hmm. did an interview with a the recreational therapist. So this mm-hmm, would mm-hmm. fit in with the recreation therapy and start touching on the music therapy mm-hmm. and perhaps open other doors for people started by joining your choir to uh, explore that further. So um, you've told us that um, it's very inclusive. It's multi-generational. Just so many wonderful things. It's a brand new program. What are your goals for running this program? Mm.
3: Uh, Well, I guess the ultimate uh, mission and goal is to... uh, encourage people to sing because they are able Ah. Uh, that would be uh, probably their our primary goal Uh, and I guess then beyond that then bringing all people together from all ages stages abilities disabilities um, just bringing them together uh, Mm -hmm. and to cross any kind of boundaries that would be between generations, right. um, and to cross that through the power of music. And and also, in, in addition to just those who are involved with Singable that are registered choristers, we have a arrangement where uh, a number of community groups, I've approached all of them, community music groups, and, and uh, have given them an opportunity, if they would like to come once or twice mm-hmm. a year with their ensemble, and sing with Singable, uh, uh. and uh, help to support during mm-hmm. rehearsal. But then also at that rehearsal where they would they choose that they would come, right. and they can also perform one piece. And and so it provides awareness for for our Singable members that oh this group exists, and oh maybe mm-hmm. I would like to go and and hear them, or maybe I'd like to go in and, and sing with them sometime. Or right. but but so our inclusion is not just between. Uh, individuals with a with disability and and the broader community but it's also kind of bridging boundaries within our musical mm-hmm. community as well and also if we think about the uni- the university and right. the the broader community as well so bringing mm-hmm. the academic side um, as well uh, and involving so right. it, it's this this notion of creating a nice warm happy world of music
1: right well <laughs> in so many layers and it's such a, a I've used this um, analogy before, but it's like the thread that you're combining together to build Mm -hmm. a beautiful tapestry, so it's wonderful.
3: Yeah, Yeah, a tapestry is a good way to Mm -hmm. to, uh, Mm -hmm. describe it for sure.
1: What do you see for the future of this choir?
3: Well, we have, for this term, mm-hmm. uh, we have two more rehearsals. So yeah, okay. if we, we're going to think about the short term, right. we're having a lovely carol sing on December 11th. That'll be candlelight and with harp. Aww. And oh, uh, the the choir is going to do a little uh, uh, winter we have we're a, we have a piece that we're kind of improvising movement with and, and adding singing and and percussion instruments and so we'll have this little happening around this oh. this piece that we're creating together, right. um, and uh, then after Christmas we get together we start uh, uh, our our rehearsal our first rehearsal in twenty nineteen will be February fifth, okay. and that ends on. Uh, that term ends on April the 10th, and we will celebrate International Music Heals Day on March the oh. 2nd, and so we'll have a, a community sing. Um, we had a community sing in October for International World Singing Day, and right. so this will be our second community sing that once again is open to every everyone in the community to just come and, and sing sing together. So those are kind of our immediate goals. Right. Uh, in the second term, we will also do some composing, and we're going to compose a signature song uh, that we'll do kind of as a group composition, which I'm really looking forward to. So we'll all, uh, we'll all contribute to writing the text and mm-hmm. then... Between Roger and and um, you know my musical knowledge, we can kind right. of craft it into a piece that might have a nice catchy chorus or a right. hook or whatever you want to call it, and uh, add some instruments to it, and that will kind of be our signature song. So that's just in our first year that we're kind of figuring right. out how who we are, mm-hmm. and and the choir to some degree has sort of taken a life of its own in many ways, and that all kinds of things just happen out of the blue. You know, we get just <laughs> the right kind of community volunteer uh who just happens to know lots about about uh uh, working with individuals with disability and and so she's been a great support for me Mm -hmm. um and and then the community battle river community foundation has given us a very um very generous uh, some very generous funding. Right. Um, and so so we know that there is a future mm-hmm. beyond how we're establishing ourselves. So I, I really want to see this, this group uh, take off and um, expand in right. as many ways possible. Um, maybe we can have smaller groups. Um, uh, we have a number of young women who would be in their late teens, early 20s right. that are so keen to sing and what i would like to do is put them together with our young women at augustana and have a small uh uh, close harmony vocal Mm -hmm. ensemble that they could work together we have um a visually impaired uh girl who is taking singing lessons and so if we Mm -hmm. could um we were able to do that now so if we can set up these kind of opportunities for individuals um to explore their musicality in a really deep way so right. so that's a goal that i'd like to explore for next year i'd also like to think about getting some uh research projects that would go along oh. with the um with say um, some healthcare professionals that are uh, doing research through the U- university of alberta right. um and uh so anyway i see a really a really bright bright future for the group we uh, we think that we will continue to view ourselves as an uh a group that does not perform. Oh, we want okay. to be looked at as a, a group that facilitates singing.
0: Mm,
3: and right. and that's for many reasons and um because we don't want to have that that performance pressure which can right. actually take the emphasis off of all the right things, you, n- mm. you know what I mean? And um so so anyway, I huh. it's kind of over the last two, 8 weeks I wish that I, I, I'm like I'm teaching at the same time that we're doing this, and this is kind of in addition to all of my teaching here. Oh my goodness! And so, so I, I need to have some wide open mind space Mm -hmm. to comprehend all that has happened because, because every rehearsal, it's it's quite exciting. And as you saw from looking at the group Mm -hmm. on Saturday, we had a two-year-old, and then we have someone who's probably 82 and wow. everyone in between plus plus then we have those you know with cere- cerebral palsy um as someone who's just with uh he was just diagnosed with dementia we have um uh, individual individuals with down syndrome and right. um all kinds of all kinds of things and so everyone is so unique in that mm-hmm. group and so um it's it is it, it's taken me a while to get my mind around it all but I'm I'm really excited about about all the learning and grateful for the learning and it's it's um I, I know that there's a, a bright future ahead for for us.
1: Oh there is for sure. From what I've seen and from what you've told me now, like this is just the beginning and there's so many ways this could branch off and mm-hmm. fill the needs and mm-hmm. from the response and what you've seen, it is a huge need. Mm-hmm. Would you ever see this um maybe becoming satellite choirs and other mm-hmm. communities yeah. like, do you hope to see that yeah
3: exactly yeah. and and even if we we had w- uh, among our larger group uh a group that was um mo- more mobile or whoever would mm-hmm. like to come that we could right. we could take out two different groups and and one of my um just from family background uh, we, my mother, always played in the seniors' homes in Castro, ah. in, in the small town uh, uh, where I grew up, and so that has always been part of my repertoire of what you just, right. what you just do. You know, every Sunday mm-hmm. you'd go and play for. My my grandfather in the hospital, and and so Roger and I now when we when we go to my hometown we have still an elderly two elderly aunts, and so we always go. I've got my mandolin or Aww. guitar. Roger has the piano, and and we right. just go and 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 sing and 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 that's so important. But it's not so much that we sing for them. No, it's that no. we sing with, and 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 that's what I really want to encourage. That it's it's um, not a. That when we go to do these things, that it's not um, encouraging passive listening. It's oh, yeah. actually right. being actively yeah. engaged, and that was kind of what I was trying to communicate when we sang at the Festival of Trees on Saturday, mm-hmm. just so to let the audience know that they have to—they're part of the choir already, just simply by being the audience. Yeah. And and uh, so, so that's kind of my heal the world mission and mandate. But I I do see yeah. that we could. Do a lot of a lot of outreach.
1: Oh, and you are, and you do have that. And I love the distinction between everybody becomes part of the choir, mm-hmm. and you certainly conveyed that message. And mm-hmm. I was singing along as I could that day as Very well. Good. So we appreciated <laughs> that. I both of you are such talented musicians, and you both have such experience behind you, and you're using this to help others. It's so inspirational mm. and it's really filling a need as to our quotes and as you said earlier you m- know, music does transcends the languages and do you mind if I share the one quote you told me earlier oh, that's on go your ahead. board go ahead uh, and it's so true what your choir is achieving music is what feelings sound like I just mm. love that so Thank you so much for all the information and for your work in the community. But lastly, any words of someone thinking of singing or using music in any form as therapy or for recreation and enjoyment? Just any last words, Ardell?
3: Well, I would say if anyone, anyone was, was thinking about embracing music, embracing singing, I think that they need to believe I think that's the, the 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 most important thing and uh and never live in fear of music making uh, but f- but live in the joy of the opportunity to make music oh. and uh i may be going on at length here but uh, but okay. I, I i do have <laughs> um one student who is very uh fearful she oh, okay. and she's a music student. She wants to be a music teacher, and she is so critical of her own mm. abilities. And we're—I think we've all been there as mm-hmm. musicians. We all are very hard on ourselves, oh, and because sure. there's that notion of perfection. And and I think back to when I was younger and the kind of—I wouldn't say hell, but the kind of pain that we put ourselves by putting that pressure on it. And mm-hmm. I wish I would have had someone when I, when I was young, when I was younger, to say to me think about the opportunity and the beauty that you are 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 able to take part in and try to embrace the learning and not look at where you think you aren't but where you are and where you can go because you have the opportunity to to grow and and try to look at it In that way rather than oh I'm not there yet because we're we're just because we're all in the in this continuum of learning no Mm -hmm. matter where we are no matter how accomplished we may seem to be we still have so much to learn and and uh, so I just I just want people to believe that they can do it they can do it yeah
1: wonderful words and Mm -hmm. so true just believe in that Mm -hmm. can be with anything um, as you know, it's about Mm -hmm. stroke recovery, and yeah, Mm -hmm. it fits in with that as well with everything. Thank you, Ardell. Roger, any last words?
0: Well, also, I echo what what Ardell has been saying, and uh, you know, there's a a beauty to music making, there's a beauty to singing, and uh, at the same time, it's also uh, it's a healthy, physical Mm -hmm. thing, you know, um, singing with others, or, or singing by yourself, but Obviously, mm-hmm. we're talking about sing able and right. singing with others. There, there's a there's a, a pleasure from the the vibration of the, of the harmony of the voices together, right? Mixed mm-hmm. with your own breathing, mm-hmm. mixed with the beauty of the music. That mm-hmm. um, it's it's a therapy for anybody.
1: Mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. right, and it creates mm-hmm. feelings of joy. So thank you mm-hmm. for taking the time to help mm. us all explore the benefits of music, I especially singing. And as you just heard and you've told us about singing can be for anyone, let's all give it a try. Thank you so much. Thank you well,
3: Thank you for this opportunity.
2: Did you know that you can follow us on Twitter at seven Jars? We post daily with all the latest stroke research, innovation, and inspiration. Follow us. Now it's time for the joke of the week.
1: Singing in the shower is so much fun until you get soap in your mouth.
0: Oh
2: yeah?
1: Yeah, then it becomes a soap opera. <laughs> oh, <my God. laughs>
2: now it's time for our segment on survivor stories we'd love to hear from you if you'd like to share your own stroke or survival story or your experience as a caregiver you can submit your story through our website at seven jars of hot pickled peppers or personal message us on facebook We look forward to reading your story.
1: Here's Tom's journey through stroke and recovery, read by Ken.
2: My name's Tom, and here's my story. In 2009, I woke up with the worst headache in my life. My wife called an ambulance and they took me to the hospital. They found out that I had a ruptured aneurysm. I had to have emergency surgery. I thought, this is it, I'm a goner. The doctors didn't think I would survive either, and if I did, I would have lots of brain damage. I was told I was in a coma, but my mind made another world for me, inside my head. When I started coming out of my coma, I was talking about this other world, like really confused. My doctors were concerned. It was my wife who was able to get me back. When I heard her voice, I decided to fight to come back. It's been a hard road with rehab and everything. I've had to relearn everything all over again. I couldn't walk, talk properly. They didn't think I would ever walk again, but I did. I'm walking. God was with me and I'm getting better all the time. It's still hard, but I'm going to keep living. God bless.
1: Thank you, Tom, for sharing your story and for inspiring us with your courage, And determination.
2: Now for our stroke link.
1: I was looking up music therapy and found a great Canadian website dedicated to music therapy.
2: Oh, really? Why don't you tell me about it?
1: Sure. It's a non profit association dedicated to fostering music therapy. In a multitude of settings for a large range of medical conditions,
2: including acquired brain injuries. Huh, that sounds fascinating. And as you know, acquired brain injuries include stroke. (laughs) You bet. This site
1: even gives the history of music therapy in Canada, starting as early as 1950.
2: Wow. I know music is so important, but I didn't think it started as a recognized therapy that early.
1: I know. There are lots of links you can click into from this website, including a map to find a music therapist close to you.
2: That's amazing. I'm going to check it out. Maybe they'll need a band or something. Maybe our band.
1: (laughs) That would be great. We recommend this site to learn more about music therapy. Check out www.musictherapy.ca Last but not least, remember FAST, F-A-S-T, Face, Arm, Speech, Time. If you or a loved one experience any changes in your face, arm, or speech, time to get yourself to the hospital quickly. You can call 911 in Canada for emergencies, or for inquiries, you can call HealthLink in Canada at 1-866-408-5465, and talk to a healthcare professional.
2: Thanks for joining us today. Don't forget to like us on Facebook, or if you have any questions, comments, jokes, or ideas for future topics, contact us at our website, 7jarsofhotpickledpeppers.com. We'd love to hear from you. If you'd like to hear more about Christine's journey, please check out the website. Her book is available for purchase.
1: That's all for today. Thanks for listening. And look for the rainbow in your thunderstorm. Goodbye and good health.